Okay, today we're gonna jump right in as soon as possible. I really don't even want to wait any longer. I'm super excited to share this episode with you, but I figured I'll give you a little bit of background as to what the heck we're even talking about today, because that's probably what I'm supposed to do, right? Today, I'm welcoming a very special guest onto the show to talk all about human design and finding alignment with human design in your business. And you know that, that is my jam. That is my PBNJ. I love it. So I'm very excited to jump right into this episode, but I want to introduce Wendy. Wendy Weeks is a human design marketing strategist that helps female wellness entrepreneurs feel intuitively aligned with their business strategy and marketing plans. She guides entrepreneurs towards clarity by highlighting their natural strengths, gifts, and energy patterns in their human design chart. Honestly, Wendy and I have very similar views on using human design to completely transform your business. She uses it more on the design and marketing side of things, where I use it more on the systems and the day-to-day running of your business. In this episode, we are going to talk a little bit about each energy type, but we're also going to dive even deeper than that and talk about what it means to have defined and undefined centers, those shapes in your chart. We'll talk a little bit about specific gates that are viewed as kind of like superpowers in Wendy's eyes and lots more awesome stuff that will have you going and Googling more human design information that you can use directly in your business. So let's dive in. I'm Lexi Sparrow, holistic nutritionist turned business strategist who believes there's a much easier way to build your dream business online. It all starts by getting clear on the simple, straightforward strategies that support you. I created the Magnetic Business Podcast for coaches, consultants, and service-based entrepreneurs who are looking to start, launch, and grow their own successful online business in a way that feels aligned with how they want to spend their time and share their genius with the world. Each episode brings you a blend of step-by-step strategies, mini trainings, and energetic topics like human design and manifestation, so you can start taking serious action in the way that you were designed to be most successful. If you're ready to build your own blueprint to your most rewarding and thriving online business, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really, really excited for this conversation that we're about to dive into. Me too. Thank you for having me, Lexi. I am so excited to open up this conversation. I feel like our views of human design are so complimentary. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. And I, I, you know, I wanted to have an episode that came out pretty early in the podcast. You know, we're only a few, a handful of episodes into this brand new podcast. And I knew that I needed someone who could speak to human design. That was a very complimentary way about how I speak about it, but also from a a different perspective as well. And I feel like our conversation today is going to take us there. I'm excited to, to dive in. I'm stoked. Yes. Our conversations leading up to this, I feel like 
I'm a little bit more on the like feely side of things and you're like the name of your podcast, like a little bit more on the practical application of this. So I'm really interested to see where this goes. Yeah. So today we're going to chat all about feeling aligned in your business. And we both agree, Wendy and I, that human design is such an amazing tool to help you find alignment. And like Wendy said, I'm very much more almost conditioned to be the masculine thinker first. It's just kind of how I've always done things. And so I'm very much about the the action steps and like the pushing and the the right and wrong way to do things. But for me, when I found human design, it really helped me lean into my more feminine side. Even though I tried so many different things and, you know, the like a meditation or just feeling things or, you know, all these other recommendations, I could not tap into that feminine energy until it was literally in my face where human design showed it to me. And so feeling aligned, I always felt like that's such a silly thing in my business when I first started. Started. How can I feel aligned? Like I'm either doing the strategy or I'm not, but human design literally gives you a blueprint. So if you're more masculine thinking where you're like, I want some steps or I want some guidance, human design gives you that blueprint, but then it gives you the, the feminine quality of just the flow and the ease and the alignment side of things. So I honestly think that's just a perfect blend, but how would you describe your experience of falling in love with human design and how did you get started? Well, first I have to say, I love your buzzwords, flow and alignment. Those are literally my three buzzwords as well um, around this because that's exactly what it is. And I, um, I think that it's a really beautiful balance between the masculine and the feminine. Like, I think that there's a practical application of these, um, you know, traits and themes that come up in human design, but it can be approached with a femininity. Um, not to say that this is for women, it's for everyone, of course, but it's just like, you know, pulling in the yin and the yang together um, to find flow and ease and alignment. I think, I think there, um, there's definitely a nice balance there. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that. I think it's awesome that we use the same words because it just emphasizes we are so similar in the way that we are kind of using this in our businesses, because um, that's exactly how I started using it as I, I felt like I was just, I was just kind of aiming at anything that would work in my business. Like I was trying all the things from, you know, business coaches of, of like, you know, planning out my time and, um, time blocking and all of the, all of those things. But it really, what it came down to for me was just to find ease in my everyday life. And a lot of that actually became really clear for, for me when I understood my chart and my, my human design, um, because actually, interestingly enough, I am a generator, um, which is, you know, your type, it's like asking what's your sign. Um, and so that's my type in human design. But if you look at my chart, I have a ton of open centers. I have a lot of white and openness in my chart. And so for me, applying only the masculine side of things and only the strategy is actually a little bit more difficult for me because I, I have, uh, I need to set up a lot of energetic boundaries, um, and I need to kind of go with the flow of things and, and the way I'm feeling is changing throughout the day. So to me, it was just that realization of, yeah, I feel, you know, overburdened or overwhelmed easily. And how can I um, tune into those emotions and then use, you know, the more like strategy or time blocking pieces of, of business that I'm being told to really find flow and ease in my business. So that's kind of how it came about for me in terms of the feeling of it. And you mentioned that 
your chart, you're very open and yet you're a generator and you have that sacral energy. So do you want to just speak to that a little bit about um, the defined and undefined centers and how that kind of changes a person's energy? Or like you said, the, the way the energy flows through the chart? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mentioned, like you said, I'm a generator. And so um, when you're a generator, it means that one specific center in your chart is defined, meaning it's colored in, and that is the sacral center. So if you're looking at your chart, it's the second square up from the bottom. It's in the middle there, and it'll be colored in if you're a generator, whether you're a generator or a manifesting generator, it'll be colored in. And if that center is colored in, um, it means that you have access to consistent momentum when you're doing the things that you love. You have this unending, you kind of feel like the energizer bunny. You have this unending energy to devote to the things that you love in your life. And it doesn't just have to be work. It could be, you know, raising children or a hobby that you love or anything that kind of gets you into creation and, and, um, making mode, if that makes sense. And, um, so that's just, you know, that's how the sacral energy works. And then just in general, if you're seeing, Um, if you're seeing something that is colored in, in your chart, it just means that those are energies that are specific to you and that you can harness and that come easily to you. And you have access to that energy and you have your own unique way of expressing that energy. Um, if it's open, if you, you know, if you have whiteness in your chart, it means that the energies around you from the other people that are around you, maybe from the environment or different situations, it's kind of like an open window, like those energies can come into your being and they can affect you and you not only absorb them, but you amplify them. Um, So, you know, for example, if you have an open head center, which is at the top of your chart, um, that triangle at the top, like in the crown chakra, um, if you have that open, it just means that you are so, the, the quality of that center is, it's just brainstorming energy and feeling inspired. And so if it's open, it's, um, it would be best for you to be around other people when you're trying to formulate ideas, because you can take in, you know, energies and ideas and, um, just different perspectives around from around you and, and use that energy to create your own ideas. So it's, it's kind of like plugging in to an outlet. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're already lost and you're like, I, I don't even know the basics of human design or I don't know my energy type. Don't worry. I have a, a whole other podcast on that episode three, where I talk about how to figure out your energy type, how to get your chart, what your strategy is. And I know Wendy has tons of resources on her Instagram as well. So if you need to like pause, figure that out and then come back to this episode. Um, that's totally fine. I wanted to do, because I have Wendy here and she is such a, a great resource for this. I want to do more of a deeper dive. So that's why we're kind of jumping into talking about centers and all of that. But so let's say you do know your energy type and you know, your, your strategy, maybe you even know a little bit about your profile or your inner authority. I feel like the next spot is really looking at those centers and looking at your defined and your undefined centers. And how would you suggest that somebody even dive into that, whether there's someone like me where I, I only have two defined centers. So to, to look at my, my openness is kind of overwhelming. It's like, Oh, where do I even start? And maybe for someone who is more defined, it could be the opposite. They're like, Oh, where do I even start looking at the defined centers and what that means? So can you shed some light on that as to when you're at the point and you're ready to dive into the centers and kind of start to think about what that means for how you use your energy, some advice on where to even start? Well, first off, I have to say, I didn't know that you also have two, only two defined centers. (laughs) 
I am too. Um, I just have the root of the two at the bottom and in the center. So the sacral and the root, um, which makes so much sense. And I kind of want to like riff off of this for a second, because I think yeah. like a, a personal, like I had, this was my personal epiphany when I pulled my chart the first thing I saw was that I was a generator and I thought, well, yeah, okay. The qualities of a generator, like being that person who is kind of always yearning for more, has, has great ideas, really wants to act on them. I feel so connected to my intuition and, you know, the gut response is so, um, it's, it's happening right there in the sacral, which is what makes, you know, if it's defined, that's what makes you a generator. And I just, I've always felt super connected with that. Um, and also have that go, go, go energy, but it felt so validating to see in my chart that I have the majority of the centers open and the centers are the shapes. Um, if, if you're not sure, again, like kind of what we're referencing here, it's the triangles and the diamonds and um, squares. But um, so knowing that I had seven centers open just meant that, you know, what we were talking about earlier with just how those are kind of like windows where other people's energy comes in. And you not only feel it, but you feel it in a really big way. You absorb it and you amplify it. So um, to me, open centers mean, A, that's the place where you can be receiving the most conditioning. It's where you're prone to other people's expectations, their thoughts, their viewpoints. So super important. You know, a good example of that is um, with the emotional solar plexus center. I hear a lot and I guess empathy can live in a lot of different ways in a human design chart, but that's kind of where I think of of empathy living is in that bottom right triangle of this emotional solar plexus. And if it's open, it's like, it's that empathic energy. You not only feel for someone, but you can almost feel with them. And that's the energy of an open center. Um, and so just knowing that I had, that I'm just, I'm so, um, so impressed upon, I guess, by the outside world. So affected by the energies around me made complete sense for me because I'm the kind of person who does have that go, go, go energy. But then also I feel like I burn out pretty quickly and I feel like I can feel a lot. And, you know, I feel, um, just like I need my own space, my own downtime. And part of that is my profile too. I have a, a line too in my profile, but, um, but yeah, so if you're wanting to take a deep dive into the open centers in your chart, I think the one thing I would do is just start to like, literally just look at your chart and see how it's set up and see, you know, okay, I have the definition here, which means these things should come naturally to me, but where I'm open, is that true for me? Like, just kind of start asking yourself questions. Like if you have an open head center, am I super inspired when I'm out at sitting at a coffee shop versus sitting at my desk? Like, does it come more easily for me to be plugged into other people's energy and develop ideas than my own. And so you can kind of use the themes of the different centers to figure out if that makes sense for you or not. Yeah. I, I mean, I have just my, my splenic and my um, root defined. And so for me, everything is very like adrenaline based mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm a projector, which just leads to my life story, which is burnout. <laughs> and I think when I, when I looked at my chart and saw that I was so open and started to ask myself like is this my energy 
that I'm feeling or that I, are making me think this or making me feel this way or making me um, assume that I have the energy to, to do this action or do this thing? Is this actually mine or is this somebody else's that I'm just picking up and amplifying? That was honestly life-changing for me because I've always been the same thing, like a go, go, go person. Even though I don't have that sacral energy, I've obviously just been around a lot of generators and on, around people where I'm like picking up and ampl amplifying that energy and like going with it, but I will always, always crash and burn always. And so knowing that I can start asking myself those questions. And again, I mean, you can even go, I mean, you can go on my, my Instagram or Wendy's or go on Pinterest and just you know, look up undefined, whatever the center is, and you're going to find some questions to start reflecting and asking yourself. But when I started actually sitting with those questions and journaling on those questions, I found it so enlightening. <laughs> it completely changed my world. Did you have a similar experience? Oh, 100%. I'm just nodding along here because that's, that was exactly <laughs> my experience. And it's so easy, you know, like it, it unfortunately it's so easy to have a hard time deciphering between what's mine and what's not mine. And I like, and I think that's a, something that we all can kind of relate to because when we come here, you know, when we're born, we, the whole, you know, premise behind human design is that your soul is making contracts with the universe about who you came here to be and what you came here to do. And then throughout your life, of course, we are raised by our parents. We're taught by teachers. We are around our friends, the media, you know, and everything is kind of coming in to form our consciousness and the way that we see the world, the way that we act, the expectations that we have for ourselves. And, um, and so 100%, it is so, so enlightening and empowering to be able to do the exercise of, okay, I feel this, like you said, this pressure to get this done or to act this way, um, to, you know, have this type of outcome but is that really me? Like that is just, that is so empowering. I think it can take a little bit of time to unravel that, but I think at least asking yourself the question is a brilliant place to start. So let's just go back to kind of the beginning. And, and if somebody is listening and they're like, okay, I, I, I know what my energy type is and I know a little bit about my strategy, but this is kind of overwhelming and it can be, you look at the, you look at the, the chart and you start to Google or break things down and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to know. What would be one thing about their their type or, or using their strategy that they could just dive into right away and start utilizing in their business? I love that question as well, because I, I agree it is overwhelming at first. And I remember pulling my chart and I also pulled my boyfriend's chart. And of course you want to be like, okay, tell me everything. I want to know everything. I want to have an understanding of why you act that way or why I act this way. And you just want, you know, the answers and it, but at the same time, you're looking at this diagram, like, what is this? So 100% use, use your resources for whatever you want to dive into. But if you want to just like from the surface, know what to implement from your human design chart. I would say, like Lexi said, look at your type. Um, your type is like your sign in astrology. It's like how you use your energy to live basically and how to make your purpose come to life. So um, there are five different types and there is a, there's manifestors, there's generators, there's manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And so whenever you pull your human design chart, you'll see what your type is. You'll be told what it is. Um, but 
Lexi, I would love to know if you have anything to add to each of these, but I can kind of run through um, what I would say if I were reading the chart of somebody who is each of these types, yeah. just from a level, a couple things you can implement. So um, something to know about manifestors, manifestors are, they're the grand vision people. They have a huge vision of, of what they see in the world, how they want it to change, how things should shift. They're like the visionaries and they're really here to get the ball rolling, kind of like a cue ball. Like that ball gets all the other balls rolling and moving and going where they need to go. Um, so manifestors have super pow powerful start energy. They're the people who really get things going, create momentum, but they're not always the person who needs to get things to get things done to make uh, things happen. So they're really good at outsourcing um, or if you are a manifester and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm not good at outsourcing, it's something you could practice because it could open up a lot of energy for you. Um, that feels a little bit more easeful because it's, it's a little bit more difficult for you to do the thing and, and vision, you know, have a vision for the thing at the same time. So you're really somebody who can help, um, support the doers to bring that vision to life. And the other thing about the manifestors is since they don't have, um, a, and this is different than manifesting generators. So if you are a true manifester, um, you don't have access to that sacral energy, which again is that creation energy. So working nine to five is going to be grueling for you. Um, you're similar to a, a projector or a reflector in the sense that you work best in short spurts. So start to lean into that and see if you can um, delegate some things, outsource some things that you can really protect your energy and um, be on and producing towards your vision during that time that you do have energy to spend on it. Um, would you add anything to that, Lexi, for manifestors? No, I completely agree. And I think that something that I've witnessed um, with a lot of the manifestors that I work with is that it's that they've, a lot of them have been conditioned that they need to be on this like high or this like creation buzz at all times in their business. And that like, you know, when they get those massive like urges that they have to be in an urge or they have to be in this energetic high all the time for anything to happen. And it's like, no, just recognizing that there's going to be those times where you don't feel like you want to initiate, you don't feel like you want to start anything. And that's totally okay to be in that. If you were, you know, manifesting all the time, that would be a burnout for you as well. I feel like, so I think, you know, having the, the, like doing the journaling sessions and getting all those ideas out. And when you're feeling energetic, initiate. But then like Wendy said, use other tools like outsourcing, delegating, hiring someone on, or maybe just having it sit there until you feel energized to pick it up again. Um, those could be really great ideas for practically using it in your business. I agree with that. And I think that there's a lot of magic that can happen in the downtime. And I think that's true for really anybody is that there is time to be on and there's time to be off. And I think like, you know, zooming out of the, of the specifics of types, just kind of thinking about energy in general. Um, I think this is something that entrepreneurs struggle with quite a bit, at least the ones that I speak with and myself, I've completely been there and I fall into this trap as well, but it's, you know, none of us can really be on all the time. It really does take, you know, like that intentional rest, the boundaries, um, setting clear and realistic expectations. And I was just talking with a friend about this earlier today, that it's just so important to be realistic with our time and, and not even think about 
only the time that we're using, but also thinking of energy as a, as a, as a commodity, almost like we think of our time as something that needs to be scheduled. Maybe start to think about your energy as something that can be scheduled as well, or just be something that you take into account when you're looking at your calendar or planning ahead. Will I have energy to, you know, do three YouTube videos in one week, or should I scale back to one and make it really impactful and then, you know, break up that schedule over the course of a month? I think planning businesses like that um, helps it feel more easeful, no matter what type you are. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like almost every type has like that default where they're like, oh, you should do this. And it's usually like strategy related. But if we move on to the generator, it's like they should wait to respond. So it's like there's a downtime until you have something to respond to. And for the projector, it's like, wait till you're invited. So again, that's your downtime until you've gotten the clear invitation. So I feel like it's kind of built into human design. And in our society, it's really hard for us to not be go, 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 because it looks like everyone is go, go, go all the time, but there, there's no way that they can be, or they have this massive team behind them, supporting them with all these different energy types working together to actually put on that facade. But for most of us as solopreneurs or small business owners, there's just no way like that you could do that. And then if you take your energy into account, I think, yeah, it's just a totally different way of scheduling, but let's move on to the generator. What would you give the advice? I mean, this comes right from your heart. What advice would you give for a generator? How can they tap into their type and their strategy a little bit more in their business? So generators are, they're the kind of people who feel like they are meant for something really big and maybe something specific. Like they feel like they're meant for more. And so tuning into that and really leaning into um, the sacral. And when I say the sacral, I mean like your gut instinct about things. I like to call it like your, your snap sensation. Like what is the sensation you feel when given an opportunity? Tune into that to let you guide your decision. So let's say that somebody comes to you and asks, hey, I'd love to partner with you to do a giveaway next week. And your snap sensation or your, you know, sacral response is, uh, no, like I can't do that. (laughs) That's, that's too much. I have too much going on. Like, or maybe I don't align with, you know, whatever it is. Um, then that's something that you can trust. So that's one thing I would say to generators is listening to those sacral responses when you're making decisions and trust that those are guiding you so that you can make room and have energy for the things that are truly meant for you, because that's what generators are all about. Like think about a literal generator. They create energy just by being them, just by like being turned on by the things in their world. And so it's super important for you to find the right sources of energy to say yes to, and then to let go of the rest so that you can shine bright and then, you know, produce and share that energy with the people around you. Yeah. It's like, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should, or that you have to, right. It's giving yourself that energetic permission to say like, no, actually that doesn't work for me. And maybe it just doesn't work right now, right? It could be the timing as well. But I think a lot of generators struggle with being the yes man or the yes woman and (laughs) the yes person. And and they feel like, okay, I, I have to say yes to this. I have to respond to this, right? Exactly. And I think that that's something to practice again, like just in general in entrepreneurship, but definitely, especially with generators, because yeah, it's so easy 
um, for generators and manifesting generators to see an opportunity and be presented with that and get so excited. And especially for MGs, manifesting generators to think like, oh my gosh, this could lead to this and this and this. And it's, you know, cause they have that visionary side of them too. Um, and it's, it's just, I mean, I, I feel like I just, I naturally want to go into manifesting generators now because yeah, there's like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to touch on like, there are so many things that in general generators want to do. Like there's so many things we do want to say yes to, but definitely keeping an, an inventory of your energy is so, so important. Um, especially for, for generators, but also for manifesting generators, because MGs have that fusion of the manifester and the generator energy, like I said. So not only do they have that go energy, um, especially when something feels really aligned with them and that's, that's their guide point to know like that that's something they should say yes to, but they also have that grand vision. So they are the kind of person who they don't like to focus on one thing. Their list is never ending. They are inspired by so many things. They want to bring so many things to life. And I always like to say to manifesting generators, that classic advice from a business coach of niching down can be so crippling to an MG. Like if you're told as a, as a manifesting generator to niche down and figure out who you're speaking to or figure out your topic and stick to that topic, if that feels suffocating to you, let it go because you're not really meant for that. I 1000% agree. And that's something that I talk about a lot with the MGs that I work with is that you are meant to be dabbling in a bunch of things and also you're allowed to change your mind. So if you start like this side hustle on your side hustle on your side hustle and you decide a few months later that that's not for you or or maybe you do want to put more energy towards that, you can totally do that. You're supposed to. You're supposed to experiment with it and try it and see what happens. And I think where a lot of um, manifesting generators, at least from my experience working with them, where they can kind of get into trouble in their business is... Um, again, maybe it's, they have more generator in them, but saying yes to so many things that like that their multitasking superpower almost gets a bit out of hand where they can't actually finish things, or they're just trying to move so quickly through things that they're kind of skipping steps or not coming back to things. And it's like, they're trying to juggle too many balls. Do you have any advice for that? Do you agree with that at all? I completely agree. And I'm just thinking of the not self theme for a manifesting generator. So not self themes are basically what you'll feel when you're not in alignment with how your type is, is um, designed to work. So for manifesting generators, they will usually feel a mix of anger or frustration. And by frustration, I mean like a frustrated energy, like they feel stuck or stagnant, like things aren't in the flow. And then, um, and that's true for generators. And then the manifesting piece of it if a manifester is not living the way that of their type, um, they'll feel, feel anger. So that anger and frustration really, it kind of boils down to like Lexi said, if you're committing to 20 different things and you realistically can't put your attention or your energy towards all of them, you could either start to feel really angry or frustrated within yourself. Or on the flip side, the people that are coming to you with these ideas that you're committing to could start to feel angry or frustrated as well because you're not actually following through. So it, it's really important when you're kind of feeling that type of energy, like the anger or the frustration um, for an MG, it's super important to notice that as a course corrector, kind of like bumpers on a bowling alley, like you're like, let them kind of bump you back to center and realize like, okay, I do have so many things that I would love to do. And I'm going to be really selective with what I do choose and put my energy towards that. 
Yes, I love it. Okay, let's go to reflectors next because they, I mean, I honestly, reflectors is like the mysterious one. I haven't really, well, A, I haven't met a reflector yet. Um, And B, I have just not dove into them as much because of that, I think. So give us a little bit of, of advice of if you're a reflector, what they could really tap into and utilize in their business. So reflectors, like you said, they're kind of like the unicorn. They're really rare. Um, only, I think it's 1% of the population are reflectors. But when you come across one, I think that you can kind of feel it because they're so, they are so, um, well, a couple of things. They, first of all, they kind of feel the pulse of society. Like they're the people who can, they have all open centers. So that's what it looks like when you're looking at a reflector chart is that they're, they might have, you know, they're going to have gates and channels that are, or not channels, but they'll have gates that are defined, but they won't have any defined centers. So they're really taking in the energy in every aspect from the world around them. So they're the, they're the type of people who are very empathic, who maybe feel like they're a chameleon, like they can kind of blend into any social situation and kind of be a different person or relate to people on a really deep level um, when they're in different circumstances. Um, They're the type of people who just like feel like they are feeling everything at once and it's maybe hitting them kind of hard. And so my advice for a reflector is especially for reflectors or anybody with open centers like you and I, Lexi, to really set boundaries and set expectations for what you're available for. Um, Because reflectors have, similar to some of the other types, they have just short bursts of energy that they can tap into. It's really limited for them um, because they're borrowing energy from other people around them. So they don't just have energy on their own. They really need to plug in and um, similar to like a manifester who needs to plug into a generator to get stuff done. Um, the reflectors plug into other people's energies to, to feel things and to experience the world. Um, so boundaries is my number one tip for reflectors and just getting really, um, really intentional with your self-care and realizing, you know, things like baths, things that are really grounding, um, walking through the grass, meditation practices, getting into bed, um, you know, before you're tired at night and really letting yourself completely relax and just kind of let go of all the energies you've taken in throughout the day or is super important for reflectors. What else would you say about them, Lexi? I feel like a lot of what I've looked at and kind of thought about in terms of reflectors is that I feel like a lot of reflectors who are not in alignment will not even know that they're a reflector and that they have this superpower. Like they've probably been trying to operate, you know, with the wrong, um, the wrong manual for the, the wrong car. You know what I mean? Like they've been trying to drive this, this vehicle in a completely wrong fashion. Right. And, and they don't even know until, um, maybe they look into their chart or they start to recognize these different patterns in themselves and kind of dig deeper. But I feel like, Um, they could be so conditioned that they might feel so much like a a different type if they're around a a bunch of projectors or they're around a bunch of generators or something often. Do you feel like that's true? 100%. Yeah. I, and like you, I have only met a few reflectors. I think I could count them on one hand, Um, but yes, 100%. And I think that that's in general, the theme of our society, unfortunately, is that I, my personal opinion is that we're all kind of trained and conditioned to be a generator of some sort that we need to be on all the time. We need to be available. We need to say, yes, we need to 
people please, you know, do everything be on all the time and kind of never take that, that time to relax. And so I think that that is, that's one of the gifts of the reflectors is that not only are they kind of feeling everything around them and they're able to kind of give us like a pulse on society and like the health of our communities and things, but they're also wonderful teachers in terms of self-care and really tuning into how do I feel about that? Like we said at the beginning of the episode, like what are, what's mine and what's not mine. And I think for reflectors, that is a definitely a deeper journey for them because you're right. It can be so hard for them to figure out what is mine and what's not mine. And to start to separate that and decondition themselves. Yeah. And then lastly, let's jump into projectors. I am curious if you'd like to speak to this, because I know you're a projector. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, and again, I think it was so interesting for me to find that there are different types of projectors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three different types, right? Um. I too. Are you thinking of the mental projectors? Yeah, there's mentor projectors, energy projector, and then I think just a. I don't want to say normal, but like the um, (laughs) standard. Yeah, standard projector. Yeah, Um, I I believe that the those are the three, but um, and it just has to do with again what centers you do have defined or undefined, Um, but. For me, when I first found out that I was a projector it, and looking at the, the not self theme and the, and the, the thing that I, I'm wanting the most in life is, is success and bitterness and how that just, I was like, yep, that's it. Like, uh, give me, here's my money, take my money. And that, yep, you figured me out. Like that was huge for me to start. And I think that if you are an entrepreneur and you are a projector, that a lot of times you're going to be going after that, that success. And when it doesn't come, because maybe you are pushing or you're, you're speaking too big with your energy and you're not using your strategy of waiting for an invitation, that a lot of that bitterness that like jadedness um, can seep in. And so I think for projectors, it's knowing that your strategy is actually a gift and it's not a curse. It it seems annoying and, and frustrating and it can make you really bitter to have to wait to maybe bite your tongue, to wait till somebody comes and asks for your opinion or asks for your wisdom or asks to work with you. But actually it's a huge gift because you don't have that sacral energy and you don't have that that, that energy where you can work for hours and hours and hours. I mean, they say two to three hours or in these little mini blocks of putting outputting energy because you, most projectors are just so open that we don't have that energy to, to give, give, give all the time. So I think if you, you, if you're really struggling in your business and you're feeling like you're pushing and you're forcing and you're doing all the strategies and you're trying all the things and reaching out to people and you're on Instagram and you're sharing your opinions and all of this, it's probably coming off to other people. Like who asked you, like, why is this lady in my DMS or why is this lady sharing her opinion? Like I didn't ask for that. So kind of just thinking about it as let's just see who invites me to share doesn't mean you can't go on Instagram and share snippets or to share some of your wisdom or things that you're really passionate about, but doing it from a place of, I just want to share because I love this thing. And if somebody wants more, then they'll invite me, they'll invite me in. And the gift of that is that 
you'll actually know when it's time to use your energy. So it's, again, that fail safe that we were talking about at the beginning, where if you're feeling really burnt out as a projector and you're feeling like you've been pushing and forcing to, to get that success and it's just not happening, that you're not using that strategy of waiting for the right people to use your energy on. Because honestly, when you get those invitations, it's energetically, it lets you into somebody else's or it lets you into use their energy to help guide them. But if you, if you are not waiting for that correct timing, then it's, it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be like this big X, this big block that's put in your way. Yes. And I like to think of projectors as like the wise guides, like they're here to absorb so much information to learn, to be guided in their own way about what they want to learn, what they want to teach and share. But I think the important part, like you're saying, Lexi, is just to release the expectation that it's going to pan out a certain way, or this particular person's going to want to work with me or, or whatever. And I would say projectors are the the type of people who should not be cold calling like at all. I think it's more about like being in your zone of genius and um, really absorbing a lot of information, finding, um, you know, really impactful ways to share that, whether it's through a Facebook group or a membership or a course or just showing up on Instagram. I mean, however you want to share that is completely up to you, but it it's exactly what Lexi said, like just release the expectation that, something might happen because of it. Just share for the sake of sharing. Yeah. I think that is, that's huge is showing up in that right type of energy. And again, this goes for honestly all types, right? But I think for projectors, especially is that if you're showing up and creating content from a place of like, well, I want to show somebody how much I know, or I want like somebody to work with me from this like fear or this desperation or this, I'm not enough. And I need to kind of prove it energy that post or that, you know, message is probably going to fall flat. And it could be literally the same type of content or the same type of words almost. But if you show up from a place of like, I just want to be the lighthouse. I want to put this out there and see if anybody needs this light and needs this guidance. And like, here's what I have to share. And here's what I have to say. And if nobody finds it, then I guess it wasn't meant for anybody, but I know the right people will find it. Those are two totally different energies. And again, it could look like the same, almost the same post really. Right. Yes, definitely. I think, yeah, the energy that backs it is so important. I love your metaphor of the lighthouse. And um, I hadn't thought of it in that way, but completely, it's like, I'm going to shine bright and I'm going to share what I know. I'm going to do what I know I need to do. And whoever needs to find me, whoever needs to be guided in my direction will be. And just having that trust that you are really meant to find the thing that you really are interested interested in and to build upon that and to just stay in your zone of genius. Like that is really what you're here for because by doing so you'll attract the right people. Yeah. Now I'd love to jump into some of the superpowers and other things that you see when you're doing readings um, and stuff that kind of jumps out to you, that kind of the juicier stuff that someone might not necessarily like Google right off the top when they look at their chart at first. Um, Is there anything that you see commonly or anything that really surprises you or just anything that, that you see as like a superpower that an entrepreneur could tap into? For sure. Yes. There are definitely different aspects of a chart that I like to emphasize and put a lot of um, like, you know, momentum around when I'm, when I'm speaking with somebody about this particular attribute in their chart. Um, One of them actually is what we already talked about with the open head center. Somebody who has that open head center is just 
just so inspired all the time and would be so great working at a coffee shop or around other people who are kind of having their own mental processes. So like a co-working space or working in partnership with somebody who maybe has a defined head center, that kind of thing. Like, so you can kind of borrow some energy, not that you're going to take their ideas or anything, just that you can borrow that energy of energy create or of idea creation. So that's definitely something that I like to point out to people. Um, the other one that I really think is interesting is actually a gate. So the gates are the centers, like we talked about, are the shapes in the chart, those big blocks kind of throughout the, I don't know why I said blocks, but they're just shapes on your, <laughs> in your chart, but the gates are, um, the half lines kind of. So if you're looking, if you're seeing, you know, you're looking at, um, one of the, one of the centers and how they're connected to other centers through what's called a channel. A gate is half of that channel. So you'll probably see that in your chart that you have some gates that like there is only filled in halfway, the channel would be filled in the full way. And then that would make those centers defined as well. But looking at a gate, um, a specific gates that I really like to point out is the bottom one um, on, the, on the root. Um, so that's the bottom right, number 41. That's the gate of creativity. I love pointing that one out because I feel like every time I point it out, somebody will say, oh yeah, like, okay, it's either a, oh yeah, I knew that about myself. I'm so creative. I love to paint or I love to cook or I love to create videos, whatever their creativity outlet is. Or it's the person that says, oh, you know what? I know I should be doing that, but I'm not making time for it. But I do feel called to like be in an artistic mode of some sort to create something, to think of something in a new way. Um, so gate 41, I feel like is so freeing and maybe that's just my own interpretation of creativity, but I feel like it's just, it's such a wonderful energy of expression. And I feel that when people know that they have that gate, it's really empowering in terms of boundaries as well to say, you know, you need to make time of course for your work, but also make time to create, make time to just do nothing and see what comes to you. Um, so I feel like that's one that I love pointing out to people. And another one that was actually really impactful um, that I pointed out in a reading a couple of weeks ago was this channel. Like I said, a channel is the full, um, it's the full like arch basically, or full <laughs> connection between two centers. And one of these, one of them is, so it's a 1222 and the 12 is on the throat center. And then um, the 22 is on the emotional solar plexus. So each of those gates, the 12 and the 22 have their own emotional attributes or um, energetic attributes, excuse me. So 12 is, the energy of it is an amplifying and a dramatic voice, like having the ability to really enunciate or like, you know, have something really dramatic and, and have that kind of ability to, to make words interesting when you're speaking. And that makes sense that it's coming off of the throat center, which is the center of communication and manifestation. And then 22, the energetic properties of that is grace and charm. So put those two together and that's mega actor energy. And it's like the person who can really make words fun and they have this charismatic attitude and energy and air about them. So together, like, you know, that actor energy, I said that in a reading a couple of weeks ago and that person said, what? Like she, she was really moved by me saying that. And I asked her why. And she said, well, I've been thinking about joining some sort of a group or maybe improv or doing some sort of something because I've always felt like I have that energy, but I've never acted on it. 
And so that's just, that was one that was really impactful recently that I wanted to point out and something to note, especially, you know, in the age of social media, the age of content creation, both of these that I just pointed out, gate 41, and then the channel 1222, those together, like any, either one of those. And really, I mean, I don't, I just think that those two in particular are great ones for someone who's interested in creating content or, um, wants to show up on social media kind of in their own way and maybe produce some videos or content or something like that. Um, so those are two of my favorites. And then another one is gate 13, which is listening and collecting stories. Um, and I love that one because I've actually been speaking with, I'm curious, Lexi, if, if this resonates with you too, if you've noticed this in your readings, but I've noticed we have a ton of storytellers in this generation of people. And what I like to think about with human design is that we're all here on this earth for a very specific purpose. And, you know, outside of just the business realm, like we all have something to, to contribute and it doesn't always have to be something that you're creating in the line of work. And it can be a way that you're contributing to our society. And I think it's interesting that, you know, so many things are shaken up in our world right now. And we have these people who are truly meant to be storytellers and here to bring old wisdom or new age wisdom even, um, or just experiences that connect us. Um, and they can bring that to the forefront and help all of us feel a little less alone or maybe a little bit more guided. So to me, 13 is one that I always like to point out and that's coming off of the G center, the, the diamond in the middle. Um, and I just, I think that that one is, is always so impactful because it's, it's somebody who is a great listener because they're meant to absorb stories. And, and then if they're connected with the 33, which is coming off of the, the throat center and you create that channel of 1333, you're able to share those stories with people. So 33 is processing the information that we've learned as a collective, like using those stories as lessons. And I just, I'm, I'm really moved whenever I see that in a chart because it's just somebody who is just, they're here to hold the space and here to help us figure out and navigate what to do next. Oh, I love that. So gate 41 is actually my, my, um, son on my conscious side. Oh yeah. So it wasn't until I did a totally unrelated energetic reading, like not human design, different type of energy. Um, and she said that one of my gifts was being very creative mm -hmm. and I, and I thought, okay, I've heard this before. Yeah. This was in my human design chart. And she said, but it's not how you think it's not in painting or drawing. It's actually being creative in business. Oh, and like, a giant light bulb went off and I was like, that makes so much sense because I'm the kind of person who can get completely lost in being creative behind the scenes in my business. And that doesn't always translate into a graphic design aspect or something like that. But for me, being creative in the way that I come up with how to do something or how I can teach somebody um, to create something new in their business or how I can create a new workflow or a new system, like being creative in that way. So I think if you have gate 41, it doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional sense of being creative, but it could just be that ability to play around and, and just see what happens and kind of like experiment and just get into the more flow side of it. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting when you said that. I love that. And where my brain went with that, with you having the gate 41 of creativity and being a projector, how, like, what a beautiful merriment of energies that 
you are the person who can help guide people and create, you know, like you're kind of like the director of the play is how I think of projectors and, um, but doing it in a way that works for them and finding new ways of guiding people and telling, you know, showing them what could work best for them. So that's super interesting. And my question on that is, is there a way since you do have that gate and it's defined in that way, do you have any tips for people who are interested in figuring out um, how to express a certain gate? Like, how do you, how do you work with clients that have that kind of question? Yeah, I think, well, so here's the thing when you, when you get to that that point where you want to dive into gates, right? You kind of like go through that natural progression of like energy type strategy, your profile, the centers, channels, and then you get to the gates. It's like, okay, I want to, I want a whole book on this gate. At least that's how I feel because I'm, my profile is a one, three. So I'm very line one where I'm like, I need to know everything about everything before I can speak on it. But So I always felt like, oh my gosh, I need an entire book on this gate before I can tell anybody about their gate or before I feel confident in knowing what this means to me. And I think that, that the, the three part of me, the one, three part is the experimenter part where I'm like, you know what, actually you need to just see what is written about it. And honestly, it's probably just a couple sentences, maybe a paragraph and journal on it and see how it resonates in your life. Like the first thing that always comes up to me, if somebody's not resonating with it right away, or for me, when I was working through it and I just like, didn't know, I couldn't conceptualize how this could relate to me was like, okay, what in this have I lived before? Like, what have I, especially if we're talking like the mind side. So this is like your personality. This is more conscious. You're more aware of it. So it's going to be like the black side, the right-hand side of your chart that those are the things that you're probably going to be more aware of. Um, so writing and journaling, getting into it, trying to figure out stories. Like, was there a story about this? Have I worked with a client before that, that maybe saw this in me or that needed this type of help from me? Um, is there a way that I feel connected to this at all? And it could be like totally random, right? It could be a totally random story that just kind of gets popped in your mind, like journal it. And then you can always come back to it or get a reading on it and ask those questions. But I think for me, it was just trying to connect it to real life situations, again, being the the practical side of my brain. But I think that's helped me the most. Does that make sense? Definitely. I think that self-reflection is basically the door that's opened when human design is presented to people. Like when you see your chart, it's like, you know, it, like we said at the beginning, it is so overwhelming at first, but just picking kind of one thing at a time to dive into. And like Lexi's saying, just reflecting on how that sits with you and finding examples of how that's shown up in your life up to this point or ways that maybe you've held yourself back from expressing things like that, like the creativity aspect we were mentioning. Um, I think that's a really brilliant way of just, and, and it's instead of like asking other people, Hey, do you see me as a creative person? It's instead it's asking yourself, like, do I have this deep need or desire to be creative in some way? And especially if you're a generator, um, you'll get that yes or no response or for the other types. It's, I mean, I do believe that all of us have that sense of intuition and, and those examples, like Lexi said, from our life of if it's true or not, if, you know, if we have that evidence that that is true for us. Um, so I, I really agree with what you're saying, Lexi, that it's just, it's totally about just 
looking back and seeing if that is true for you or seeing if maybe it's a way that you've been suppressed. Yeah. And I think that different gates are going to appear differently to you at different times, which I mean, probably sounds like duh, but at the same time, it's like, you don't have to unravel everything all at once. And even if you feel like something speaks to you now in a certain way, you can always come back to it. Like that's my favorite part of using human design in business literally last night I was sitting with like (laughs) books open and a journal. And like, even though I know what 41 means and I know what, you know, my earth sign means or whatever, I I've, I've looked at it before coming back with a, a new fresh set of eyes, coming back with new information, looking at it from a different angle, maybe something somebody said to you, maybe there's a decision that you want to make in your business. Maybe you're feeling stuck, like just, even if it's a random gate you're looking at or, or questioning, um, having a journal session on a, on a specific, um, channel or about one of your, your undefined centers, like just kind of revisiting it over and over again, I feel like is the best way to actually use human design in your business instead of trying to get in as much information as you can and be like, okay, yep. I know that information. And then you don't really do anything with it, right? It's like you have to actually use this guide, use this tool, use this blueprint ongoing um, in order for it to, I don't know, unveil itself to you. Is that too cheesy to say? But that's kind of what it feels like, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I rediscovered this or oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it this way. Yes. And I, the only thing I could kind of like kind of boil that down to in when I was kind of taking in what you just said was that there is no end destination. There is no moment of like, you know, oh my gosh, I have it all figured out. You know, you can release that pressure and just know that this is a tool to help you along your journey. And I do believe similar to Lexi that different things will present itself when they're needed to be, when they need to be addressed or loved on a little bit more or let go of. And I think it's, it's similar to other tools like human design in that way that it's like it's available to you and things are going to appear when they need your attention so you can release the pressure of needing to know everything all up front I think that is a beautiful way to end this amazing episode thank you so much Wendy this was so fun and I know that people are just going to be dying to find out more about you and how they can work with you so can you tell them just pitch yourself tell them a little bit about you For sure. Um, So I am a self-proclaimed human design marketing strategist. I love working with female entrepreneurs, specifically in wellness, to develop ease and alignment and flow, those three keywords we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, in their business, because it does not have to be, your business does not have to be something that feels like a should. And so I like to help female entrepreneurs find that flow and still be super productive and still create the business and the vision of their dreams. So you can find me for a little bit more inspiration at Weeks of Wonder on Instagram and Facebook, um, weeksofwonder.com as well. And I'm always coming out with new content, um, just kind of starting to claim this human design aspect of my business. So you'll definitely see um, more content coming out from me about how to use human design in your business, as well as intuition and um, other energetic tools and some more practical tools as well. Um, so come give me a follow. Come say hey. 
Yeah. And I'm sure you'll be hearing more from Wendy on the podcast at some point or in my business at some point, because I feel like we are just energetically aligned. We're speaking the same language, just in slightly different, um, I don't know, pitches. <laughs> so I, I'm sure we'll, we'll connect and collaborate more in the future. For sure. I'm looking forward to it, Lexi. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So everything that Wendy mentioned, all the links, her Instagram, if you want to find out more about how you can work with her or just give her a wave over on social media, I'll make sure it's all in the description inside the show notes of this episode. Selfishly, that was such a fun episode to record. I apologize for the amount of likes, likes, likes coming through. I couldn't help it. Uh, We went completely unscripted and just chatted. And I hope that you guys learned a lot from Wendy in my talk on human design and really how you can dig into your chart more to learn how to use human design in your business. You can check out Wendy at Weeks of Wonder on Instagram, and I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes. And for November, I have a brand new offering. This conversation has sparked so many invitations for me to start reading your charts. And so if you would like to invite me to read your human design chart and maybe start finding where you can come up with some new ideas, some new things in your business and align it with your human design, I have a brand new offering for that on my website. You can find it at lexisparrow.com services. And I'll make sure that is in the show notes as well if you want a audio chart reading. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you again for joining me and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Have an awesome week.